So, happy Trans Day of Visibility, everybody. Is that what it is today? No, it's actually two days ago. You missed it. I missed it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's a thing. Uh, yeah, it's what are you, meant, are you meant to watch, watch videos of trans people on that day or something, or to, to make them more visible to you? You're asking me now. I was, surely, what did you do to mark it? You, you didn't, you did not know about it. You must have. No, I didn't really know much about uh, the toxic male ignorance over here is just oh. Cis, cisgender Neil I think is the term you're looking for not male it's not about male or female anymore in that sense you know if it's toxic it's because I'm cisgendered I'm I'm, tra- I'm a transphobe that's what you want to accuse me of no that on YouTube huh if I don't admit it on YouTube no I'm saying you, <laughs> I'm not saying I am what I'm saying. If you want to accuse ah, me of something, right. you have to accuse me of transphobia for not... Not being aware of it. Not yeah. being aware of... Uh, yeah, what is it? Trans Day of Visibility? Trans Day of Visibility. Should they wear like high-vis high vests or something like that? I or, think they go into women's toilets and just let it all hang out. Right. It's visible, you know. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely taken... Definitely taken... Um, Taking a hold, shall we say? No. Uh, yes, it's grabbed you by cr- it kind of grabs you by the balls in a certain sense, you know. Uh, no pun intended, you know. Mm. These days on social media and in the media, even just look at—I mean, the media are reporting on it, obviously—and it's it's taken a it's taken hold amongst the average people. Just check check this from the from the Telegraph. Um, Children allowed to self-declare gender at nearly half of UK schools. What the hell does that mean? Parents kept in dark as teachers increasingly turn to external agencies that promote controversial and contested beliefs, warns a report. <laughs> controversial and contested beliefs like that there are only, you know, people that are born, human beings that are born are either male or female, you know. The, the, you know, the actual number of uh, people who are born neither is so infinitesimally small as to say that, it, you know, it basically, you know, human beings are born, born male and female. That's a controversial, uncontested belief to say that human beings are born either male or female. Because, of course, it gets, I don't think anybody would necessarily disagree with that. <clears throat> Even trans people wouldn't disagree with that. You're born biologically male or female. But it depends when you say born male or female. Are you only talking about biology? Or are you talking about uh, the spirit, the essence? Right, yeah, yeah. That, that's the where it gets Can you quack- be two spirits? That's why it's, can you be two so spirit? it's quackery. What do you mean quackery? I mean, we can, we can allow for all kinds of, you know, spiritual the discussions. Now? But um, no, it you is. You just call it quackery? It is quackery. It that's is. transphobic, for sure. <laughs> It's it it is quackery, right? No, no, no. But you it, see, I didn't even dis- I didn't even recognize or I wasn't even aware of the international visibility of trans people, whatever it was. That, but you were more that informed day. than I was. But I'm more I'm Rumbled. more tolerant than you are. Tolerant. I don't mind them. I just don't want them to. No, but there are, it's not even. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's kind of the point in a certain sense. Well, it's, this is dangerous. I mean, that's that's what's going on there is is psychologically damaging to 
kids. Yeah, encouraging it in people who don't self. Because, of course, when you say that, that article headline, children allowed to self-declare gender, children, you know, can be encouraged to do that uh, when they wouldn't do it otherwise. It's one thing for someone to be so committed to the idea that they are not as essentially the, the gender or the, they don't feel like the gender that they were born as. Um, it's one thing for, for a person to, to, to kind of declare that or come to that realization and persist with it throughout their, their yeah, adult years. To and, try to make real a feeling which is fleeting and passes. Well, apparently not for a lot of them. And then they go all the way to the extent of getting surgery. Well, that's and a separate then they issue. Regret it that's a kind of separate issue. When they realize things. later, actually, I am what I was born. Yeah, it's co complicated, but people change their minds all the time. You know, here I'm talking about adults, you know, hmm. people who are already, who are, who are adults and are like, say, I don't know, are drag queens. Do drag queens fall into this category? Do we even want to talk about this topic? Anyway, do drag queens fall into that category of, are they transgender? Don't know. Who knows? Flashers. No, drag queens. No, drag queens. Yeah. But there's an element of flashing. But are they transgender? No idea. See? Don't know. No idea. You don't know nothing. The whole thing's it. a weird parade. Anyway, no, it is topical because of what happened in Nashville last week. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Probably no. not. Okay. Not really. <laughs> well, you can talk about it if you want, but what's there to talk about? Like, unless there's some deep, dark conspiracy you're going to drop no, on me. No. No, but it's weird that it was the same day or a day off from Trans Day of Visibility right. and a day again, in, I think it was in the middle of Trans Day of Visibility, which came after it mm. and the day before, or was no, trans which day came of, before it. Trans Day of Invisibility. The day after it was um, Occupy. Trans people. Uh, protests, insurrections, to use the old lingo from January 6th, there were insurrections in the legislatures in Kentucky and Tennessee because those two states have passed bills against um, child mutilation slash gender affirming care. Mm. There, that covers all the bases, right? They should, have, they should have a campaign to occupy cisgender people's minds. That's kind of what it is, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you, does, that not hit you, does that not strike you as strange that that happened right there? Well, it would be a, pro that would be a like it's a big fail. It, it's not a good look. It's not good PR for the trans thing movement people. Well, is there any? Is there a movement people? Is it organized in any you know real way? Well, they occupied to yeah, a bunch of them got together. Like you know, well, it turns out actually that dozen. it was organized by Democrat politicians within the Senate. So yeah. they let them in. They made sure they came at the right time. But they have no control over that one person who shot up the shot someone and shot those people in the school. Like you know what I mean. Well, what timing? Yeah, but that person would have picked that timing, right? Right. Well, presume, That's visibility, we presume, Because right? they're withholding a manifesto. Apparently there is one. They won't publish what it said. Mm. Um, but with mass shootings, like this is a this is genuine mass shooting because the person, that, that, the people that were killed were strangers, unknown mm. to the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. With mass shootings, there's almost never a political motive. That can be... Um, at best, there's a manifesto that's weird and vague and rambling. Brevik in Norway in 2011. It had no specifics to the, pe the very people who were killed. You know? Right. It wasn't easy to say, I killed these people because <clears throat> it advances my political goals. Mm -hmm. um, that's not obvious here as far as the shooter's background is concerned, except that it's written all over the timing of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, 
anyway, maybe uh, maybe that's all there is to it. It's, it's political. She did it. She, I presume it's a she, because in this case it's female to male. Didn't go through with surgery, dressed like a tomboy, but very much a biological female, we agree. That's another interesting thing in itself. It's actually the first time there's been a female mass shooter in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's yep. her. Um, Except, you know, she's male. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, no, but the thing yeah. about it is interesting. You have to, I mean, it's easy to just dismiss this as pure madness and stuff, but it's, for me, it's something that's, it's, these people, I mean, I take them transgender people at their word, mm-hmm. let's say, maybe not kids, because as we know, you know, they're easily, kids are easily manipulated and, you know, should should not be allowed to make those kind of decisions when they're, when they're children, but adults, let's say over 18, who who insist that they are not the, they don't feel like the, the, the the gender that they were born with, let's say, they don't feel yeah. like male or, or female, but they feel like the opposite. Um, you know, I have to take them at the word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, they're pretty, they're pretty persistent. They're not trolling, let's say. They're pretty insistent, and and they go to the extent of having surgery and all that kind of stuff. So they're, you have to assume that they do, that they're what they say is genuine. You know, at least for them, that they feel it strongly. You know, uh, my problem is what's done. It's, it's, it's the way the society is dealing with it. As, which is probably most people's problems with it, you know. Um, I wouldn't condemn them for the way they feel, but uh, I'm not, I don't think anybody, most normal people aren't happy with the way society and governments, etc., are encouraging it and promoting it and um, forcing its acceptance on on the entire population because, you know... Um, Agreed. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're always there. They're always there. I mean, it is interesting that they choose that term "day of visibility." Yeah, you know, kind of. It's a bit like the pride movement for gays in general. Yeah, they they're always there. That's been their point all along. Mm. You know, see us. We're we're not just going to go hide. Go to a place totally different. Afghanistan. They're there too. Mm-hmm. So it's always a, sub, sub, a small minority of the population, but they exist. And the, Pakistan, uh, what do you call Pakistan. it? Not Pakistan, but uh, Thailand. Along with lady, lady, right. lady boys being right. in Thailand. Yeah. You know I mean? so. And there's cultural ways it's accepted more or less in an equilibrium yeah. of that's how it is, you yeah. know, and oh, that's what they are. There isn't. Even Afghanistan and ISIS, you know, in, yeah. in your mind, you're thinking there's no way one of them can. But actually, there is a culturally accepted Version means for them to do the thing. Right. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it involves, well, it's all sorts. But they basically do like, they meet up, hang out, dances, mm. including a bit more than dances. Um all, th- all through the ISIS, not the ISIS years, but the Taliban, sorry, Taliban years, mm-hmm. that was still there. It's a cultural phenomenon that's as old as yep. the rest of the country. Yeah. So, so it's, it's basically the same. For me, it's the same thing. I accept that that's what is. You know? Yeah. So, the, but the way it's the way it's, it's being dealt with in yeah. Western countries, that is just ridiculous, really. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. And, and I mean, it's, there's a commonality between, like you mentioned, gay pride and also, like, for example, like Black Lives Matter and any other minority groups that are, for some reason, chosen and amplified and promoted and given you know lots of money and lots of you know there's some kind of there's some wealthy benefactors let's say behind them and maybe even and, and political power behind these groups that is promoting them and pushing them far beyond uh, what they 
what they should be in society. You know what I mean? And it's uh, <clears throat> amongst the individuals themselves when they get a taste of that that they're being promoted. Like I mean, the gay pride thing. It's not about pride. It's not about equality. You know, it's long since gone beyond equality for for equal rights or, or equal rights for for gay, gay pride. Right? It's it's about uh, not us being the same as you, but us being better than you. Basically, you know, we're we're morally better. All the claims they make, basically, mm-hmm. um, and wanting to be held up in you know <clears throat> above and beyond uh, any other groups in society. Want to be the the the, the most uh, revered or adored group in society, uh, or or the most you know the, <clears throat> the group that has that is the biggest victim and therefore deserves the biggest the, the most attention as compensation or the most reparations or whatever it is as compensation it's just it's kind of pure narcissism it's encouraging a narcissistic uh tendency within individuals within those groups you know and you can do that with anybody if you if you put enough power and uh, influence and money etc behind those behind them you know um so i i kind of lump them in basically with other groups like that that have been in, in recent years, I've been making unreasonable, outrageous claims uh, on the the large majority of society. You know about well, how they should be seen, how they should be uh, how they should behave, how they should, how they should respond to the to that minority group. It's self evidently stupid and a bad idea for society. But <clears throat> what are you gonna do? Somebody want that's where you get into conspiracy theories, right? Where somebody wants to promote this for some bizarre reason. Um, again, maybe it's not a conspiracy. Maybe it's just virtue signaling among certain political types, or whatever, who are promoting these groups, or whatever, because they're getting to feel like they're, you know, defending think, the the victims. I and, don't, <clears throat> don't think we need to. Um, Everybody needs the, the, calls, you that's know. just agency. I, I would shift the scale and go towards it's structural because it's a late stage empire. Mm-hmm. It's actually happened before in history mm-hmm. where things became extremely colorful at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes, it seems to come with the excessive comfort, material comfort the United States in particular has found itself in. <coughs> Too much freedom. Too much, too much ease. Too much. It's too easy. Freedom. I have an amazing article, actually. Um, I don't know. We probably want to do Trump first, do we? What about Trump? Trump's been indicted. I know, has he? Again, that's not the first time. Poor man. He's been impeached twice. It's the first. Threatened to be indictment is for any non-Americans. Like he's actually been charged. Mm-hmm. A legal process begun. Not Hillary Clinton, not Hunter Biden, not Anthony Fauci, certainly not anyone connected with the Jeffrey Epstein affair. Donald Trump. Is um, there a conspiracy in that one then? Definitely. That's okay. political. Political conspiracy. I, I was wondering, what's the point? It's so patently political that even lefty legacy media in the United States is like, um, this is a bit obvious that it's political. Mm. Uh I was wondering, maybe they're doing it, maybe there's some sense to it. Maybe they're doing it because just being, just a fact of being indicted and having an ongoing case that mm. will go all the way through next year. Like a shadow. Year. Well, would it be a shadow? I, I thought maybe there would be a legal tripwire that he could not be a candidate. Apparently not. Nope. Nothing in the U.S. Constitution prevents someone from running for president while facing charges. And even a conviction would not bar them from the nation's highest office. Mm-hmm. Um, the only tripwire would have been something would have been the January 6th. That's why they pushed hard with that. I think 
on his way out the door, we were like, it's done. He's, he's, he's surrendered. He, he's Biden. He's accepted Biden's going in. But the 14th Amendment prohibits anyone who has, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding office. Mm-hmm. I thought that's the thing they would have used against him. Um, but so why this? Why this? Is, that's all they've got. It's all they've got. Hmm. And it's propaganda. It's the optics. It's like getting a, cast a shadow over him. It's just throwing more shade at him, basically, mm. and trying but, to. But even moderates his... are saying this is like the optics of this help his help his help his base help his numbers his base, but no one else. Not the people who who wouldn't. Uh, not the never Trumpers, like not the orange man bad. This is just more proof that yeah. Absolutely not. It's you know, if anything, the negative side of it, and again, this would be a kind of conspiracy. This is encouraging division within American uh, society between the left and the right, the pro-Trumpers and the anti-Trumpers, and um, it's it's trying to encourage political turmoil and social turmoil and uh, social decay or or social unrest. Let's say uh, that's what it most likely could do. And if it does nothing, for example, if it really does nothing, like, I mean, the way we just thought about it, if it, if it really has no impact, uh, no negative impact on Trump uh, in regards to him running for re-election uh, or running for election, again, um, then what's the point? And if, you know, it's only convincing the people who are already convinced and it's only not convincing the people who are already not convinced that Trump is evil, what's the point? Well, it just further divides the two it makes it's like right, right, it, right. you know push the two sides further apart so, it makes them makes them see each other more likely to see each other's even more so as enemies so everyone who's saying this is farcical because this will only put him in the white house he would win he would go over the top mm. easily in, in the election they're it, missing the fact that the sizable minority or half whatever it is mm who already dislike to extreme hate, Orange mm. Man bad, mm. it, this convinces, cements them in their belief Confirms. already that, they're, ah, I knew it. They're, it's like WMDs. I knew there were WMDs in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally we got him. He is a criminal. I was right. And kept the word on. So you think it, it's done It's done with the cunning strategy in mind that uh, this actually helps that, well, that's keep the, him out of the That's the, the conspiracy theory. If you want a conspiracy theory, it's being deliberately done then but it is in the level of conspiracy theory then because it in that sense it's, it's not it's got nothing to do with actually trying to stop trump from getting reelected or whatever they know it won't it won't do that the people who are you know pushing this in the washington establishment let's say the, and the justice department or whatever biden's justice department um they uh they, they would have to be doing it for an ulterior motive which is a conspiracy theory Ulterior motive being to sow further social discord in, in American society. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I'm saying that's yeah. that's the only thing I can think of that it will actually that be the only obvious outcome. Assuming, you know, the reality of the situation is that we, what we've just said, it's not going to uh, impact uh, Trump's chances in the election, and it's not going to uh, either way, one way or the other, it's not going to increase support for him or decrease. It's, it's not going to increase. Support for him among people who already support him, and it's not going to make the people who don't like him like dislike him anymore. Maybe a bit more, but that doesn't change anything. They're still not going to vote for him. They're really not going to vote for him now. And the other ones who were really going to vote for him are really, really going to vote for him now. That's still a vote. It doesn't make any difference. You know, when you, when you scratch your X in the, in, the, in the ballot box really hard, that's still one vote. Maybe. 
Yeah. Well, it depends. That's that's a whole different. <laughs> US elections, uh, we don't know. That's a whole different conspiracy. Trump on Hannity. He got Trump got on mainstream uh mainstream just about Fox Hannity interviewed him. Told him our country is dead. Um that's probably accurate. Um yeah. J- Jacob Chansley was released the same day. Yeah. Not suggesting anything. Tucker Carlson. He can't run so, for office because he was he was convicted of uh, insurrection, right? Chansley, right. <clears throat> so he won't be able to run for president. But, I mean, that guy ap- appears to be just a average, yeah. fairly simple guy. Like, I mean, it's, it, he should never have been in prison. <clears throat> well, I hope he goes, Two years like I hope he goes back to his, a, his old job, though. The uh, horns and everything. I don't know now, you know. Yeah. QAnon shaman. Maybe he should. He's a QAnon shaman American needs. Yeah. At this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I made this prediction a while ago. I don't know if it'll pan out or not, but I think uh, what's going to happen is obviously Ron DeSantis is more or less running. I don't know if he's officially declared that he's running, but he's more or less going to put his name in the pot, I think. And uh, I think he'll be picked, obviously, over Trump by the GOP establishment, which is you know mostly never Trumpers apart from the Trump element, the Freedom Caucus. Is that what it's called? Freedom, not Freedom Caucus. Uh, maybe there's a freedom caucus I think it anyway, is, yeah. within the Republican Party, as in like Matt Gates and uh, and those guys. Um, there aren't many of them, but the majority of the GOP would, you know, not be interested in having Trump as their candidate again. <clears throat> so I think they'll vote for Ron DeSantis. I don't think they get a say. I think it's written it by popular vote of oh, the Republican, Republican Party. Well, you know, again, I mean, the polls have like, Trump over fifty percent. Yeah, but among Republican voters, yeah, but that's registered Republican voters, right? Yeah, you have to be a member of the party. That be a, a member of the Republican Party, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, most of those people who are card carrying members would be pro DeSantis rather than Trump. You think so? I think so. Mm. And if not, I think they'll do a Bernie Sanders. in terms of yeah, exactly. Uh, one way or another, they'll tra- they'll get. DeSantis in as the as the nominee for you know um or as a Republican candidate for for for, for presidency and Trump will run, run as um independent as an independent thereby splitting the vote uh the Republican vote um and of course whoever runs for the Democrats Biden I don't know Harris I don't know whoever runs. Um, so you basically end up with a, a vote split three ways and the possibility that no candidate will get 270 electoral college votes, at which point it goes to Congress to decide who gets to be president. And they have to have a, just a simple majority in Congress. But if Congress is split, like it was, like I mentioned, if there isn't enough for a simple majority for any one of those three candidates who all, let's say, DeSantis, Trump and Biden, let's say, split the vote three ways, um, the same could happen in Congress, where Congress would be roughly split three ways between mm-hmm. you know uh, the three candidates, and then it's you know you end up with a kind of hung hung election or something where no 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 candidate gets there is no president, <clears throat> and the country descends in a civil war, and that's it. It's all over. The end. Okay. All right. So you've got a year and a half to prepare for that. So. No, anyway, that's why I, that's, I just it just occurred to me that that might be one way we go. Be maybe I was just wishful thinking or thinking that would be cool uh, to see that happen. You know, it would be interesting. It would be funny, but um, the hysteria and the 
the wailing and gnashing of teeth over the whole thing would just be, it would be the thing. If there's ever going to be, you know, kind of a, a kind of civil war in some way in the US, that would be, that would be, that would be it, I think. Can you imagine the recriminations and, oh my God. It would be a fitting end. It would follow logically on, in my opinion, from the way the track America's on right now, it would follow logically for something like that to, to happen, you know. For, be historically for, Democracy accurate. would, the machinery of democracy would come to a halt. <clears throat> yeah, because... It's already not working very well, obviously. Um, Interesting. Yeah, there was this. You were going to talk about that guy, similar topic, right? That guy, Douglas Mackey. Yeah, well, this is um, this popped up in Tucker Carlson's coverage of the Restrict Act, mm. which follows on from the TikTok right. hearings last week. Um, right. Maybe talk about the Restrict Act first, if you want. Yeah, well, Carlson did a great segment on it. Um, so it's super vague. It's basically a internet censorship bill for the US. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's it's it's serious stuff. Um, the bill's definition of a foreign adversary. Let's have a look at this. Basically, anyone in the U.S., if this bill becomes law, who um, is thought to be supporting a foreign adversary online, mm. which could include not so much what you say, but the platform on which you use to say what you're saying. That platform is in any way adversarially foreign. Here's a look at the, um, so... VPN users face 20 years in jail and 1 million fine if they evade U.S. internet censorship. Right. Uh, so if you click on the, the tweet that's embedded here, and that text, <clears throat> this is this is one subclause. Basically, they're trying to create a Chinese firewall-style um around US internet usage. Mm -hmm. And unlike in China where people use VPN all the time to choose to mask, get out of it if they want. Identity. In the US, this, this bill goes further. They're going oh, to be looking for that kind of thing um, and restricting it. The foreign adversary um, means any foreign government or regime determined by the Commerce Secretary um, to have engaged in a long-term, I can't read that. Can you, can you enlarge that? To engage, engage in a long-term pattern or serious no, instances okay. of conduct significantly, significantly adverse to the national security of the United States or the security and safety of United States persons. So it's any um, foreign government regime who has engaged in long-term pattern of serious instances of conduct significantly adverse to the national security interest in the United States and the safety of blah, blah, blah. If you go to the next one, it lists China, Russia, yeah, well, that, that, North Korea, Iran, yep. and Venezuela, and Cuba. The axis of... Now, none of them, well, only the, two of them have any... Uh, the trifecta of terror. Yeah, it's the same old bullshit since 9-11. But only two of, two of them have... Um, 
China, of course, has TikTok. Russia had international media, but they've already been banned. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus platforms, but, right? Social media. BK, but that's the, no significance. The only one that is significantly impacted here is TikTok. This mm-hmm. is a kind of a roundabout way of, of regulating TikTok right. in the US. Um, so what, what does it actually mean? The strict act wants to put you in jail for 20 years for using a VPN, for using a website or app. So if I use a VPN to use a, a TikTok, or if say I'm an American citizen and I use a VPN to use TikTok, then I can get 20 years in jail? Or is it what I say on, on just using it? It's open. It's very vague. It's unclear as to whether it's the specific thing you said or your use of the platform. It's 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 dual. It's um, it's it's got a dual focus in that respect. Um, here, let's have a listen to this guy. This is David Sachs, uh, anti-war activist and uh, political commentator. I think this is the biggest bait and switch mm. that Washington, the central government, has ever tried to pull on us. Everybody thinks that they're just trying to ban TikTok from operating in the U.S. And if that's all they did, then I think the bill would be supported by most Americans. But that's not what they're doing. They're not restricting TikTok. They're restricting us. That's not the goal here. Yeah. What a bait and switch. It's a huge bait and switch. And so just so you know, what the act provides is that a U.S. citizen using a VPN to access TikTok could theoretically be subjected to a maximum penalty of one million in fines or twenty years in prison or both. Now, you know they'll say, you know, Mark Warner, the sponsor of the legislation, will swear up and down that's not the intent. But the problem is that the language of the bill is so vague that some clever prosecutor may want to pursue this theory one day, and that needs to be stopped. Also, there's another problem with the bill, which is you think this is just about TikTok. It's not. What they do is it says here, I guess they don't want to mention TikTok by name. So they're trying to create a category of threatening application. But because it is a category, it's very, very broad. So the bill states that it covers any transaction, transaction, not just an app, in which an entity described in subparagraph B has any interest. And then entities described in subparagraph B are, quote, a foreign adversary. An entity subject to the jurisdiction of or organized under the laws of a foreign adversary, an entity owned, directed, or controlled by either of these. And then it gives the executive branch the power to name a foreign adversary, any foreign government regime that one of the cabinet secretaries defines without any vote of Congress. So this is giving sweeping powers to the executive branch to declare you know, foreign companies to be enemies. It feels like the plot of the uh, prequels in Star Wars. Well, <laughs> Emergency like powers, said, here we go. <laughs> we, you know, we criticize uh, China for having a great firewall. What do you think this is? Yeah, I mean, this this should obviously have nothing Some to do with the cons. American consumer and everything to do with a foreign adversary collecting data of Americans at scale. This, is, this could be written in a much simpler way. Yeah, you know what it should, should be? be it should be one sentence, which is that app stores are uh, prohibited from allowing TikTok to be an app in their store. That's what they do in India. Yeah, correct. That is what happened to TikTok in India. For several years, it's just been bad. Uh, You know, you can weigh up the pros and cons of that, but they're not doing that because it isn't so much, it never never was about the platform. It's about the end user. Yeah. They want to see what you're doing on it. But that's Uh, bizarre. And then they can selectively apply the charges. And the thing is, this is actually legislation retrospectively catching up with legal practice to date, mm-hmm. this is where I want to talk about. Well, before you go on to that, I just yeah, just want, before you go on to him, this is this is happening has it's been on on the table 
um, already in in Europe. This is um, the digital European Commission's Digital Services Act. Uh, it's been around for a couple of years, I think, and obviously implementation, you know, slowly, slowly behind the scenes. You can just scroll down there. Um, it's all about safety and stuff, supposedly. You know, it's all about keeping you safe online. Of course. Uh, you see the on the just go down there to the which providers are covered. Um, so intermediary service services offering network infrastructure, hosting services such as cloud and websites, web hosting services, online platforms bringing together sellers and consumers. This is targeting all of the the actual platforms, right? Any kind of hosting social media platforms will be scrutinized by the European Commission and will have people to dedicated to oversee them and check them for right think, you know, correct thinking or something. But the, the very large online platforms are kind of makes it clear, pose particular risks in the dissemination of illegal content and societal harms. Specific rules are foreseen for platforms reaching more than 10% of 450 million consumers in Europe. So they, they pose particular risks in the dissemination of illegal content and societal harms. Legal content, okay, I don't need to find that fairly specifically, but societal harms. Right, mm. right. So this is this the is normal person platforms. sees that and they assume, oh, okay, so child porn, mm. selling of drugs, criminal stuff, you know. But the bureaucrats see that and they go, excellent. Russian disinformation, mm -hmm. Chinese disinformation. And it doesn't have to come from, it doesn't have to be someone posting a link from RT or Sputnik. It's that the, the, the it's their own words that the tweet they're typing sounds like something you would hear from mm -hmm. a Russian outlet say. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of shit. That's why it's so broad. Yeah, anyway, there was a kiss. Uh... Well, yeah, it. The, Political okay. internet crimes have been up and running in the legal system before now. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like the 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 formal architecture that's coming down mm -hmm. after the fact. Douglas Mackey was sentenced to 10 years in prison last week um, for a meme he posted in 2016. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the um, MSM uh, an MSM write-up of this development. They frame him as like... They frame him in the worst terms possible. You know, he's basically a guy who was pro-Trump in 2016. Politico, far-right influencer, convicted in voter suppression scheme. <laughs> okay, wow, that sounds bad. That sounds like he had money and he was physically doing something to stop minorities from getting out to vote in 2016, right? No. Uh, scroll down there. Um. A self-styled far-right propagandist from Florida was convicted of charges alleging that he conspired to deprive individuals of their right to vote in the 2016 election. Douglas Mackey, 33, of Florida, was convicted in Brooklyn Federal Court um, after a one-week trial. On the internet, he went by the alias Ricky Vaughn. In 2016, he had about 58,000 Twitter followers and was ranked 107th most important influencer. By MIT Media Lab. Right. Right whatever, um, described himself as an American nationalist who regularly tweeted, retweeted, re, he regularly retweeted Trump, Trump and promoted conspiracy theories about voter fraud by Democrats. <clears throat> well, that's uh, subjective. Um, Mackey, who was arrested only recently in January last year, 20, two, two years, years ago, 
could face up to ten years. Could face up to ten years in prison. His sentencing is set for August sixteenth. Okay, so what was yeah, the scroll? Yeah, scroll down a little bit there. I don't think it's included. It is, yeah, I think a description of it. But um, the government alleged that from September two thousand sixteen to November two thousand sixteen, Mackey conspired with several other internet influencers to spread fraudulent messages to Clinton supporters. Basically, what he did was he urged. They say he urged supporters of then Democratic president's candidate Clinton to vote via message or social media, knowing that these endorsements were not legally valid votes. So the thing is, on the same Twitter account, I assume, he's posting pro-Trump tweets and anti-democratic tweets and throwing in there, he's, he's trolling people by saying, hey, you all should go out and vote via text. You know, don't, or don't go out. Don't, you know, save time. Here's the meme. It was obviously a joke. Obviously. This trial took this meme seriously on the level that this guy, there he is by his alias, Ricky Vaughn, tweeting that. They said because he chose a picture of a black female Hillary Clinton supporter and then put the text over the overlay text that's similar in the, uh, to the text font that was used by the Hillary election Avoid campaign. the line, vote from home, text Hillary to 59925. And they're swinging that to he was engaging in voter suppression in an orchestrated campaign, conspiring, quote-unquote, with other influencers. He made a freaking meme. Mm. And think about it. They're taking it on the level. This is how the establishment, the Democrats, see black and female voters and others, I, I suppose, that they would actually be susceptible to that in significant enough numbers to sway the election well, result. The, well, in the, yeah. And that they're... They, that they would really do that rather than vote. Well, in the political article, it says by election day 2016, at least 4,900 unique telephone numbers texted Hillary or something similar to a text number that was spread by multiple deceptive campaigns images tweeted by Mackey. The way they call it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a meme and they call it multiple, they call it a deceptive campaign image. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how the internet works. No. But 10 years in jail? Or they do, but what they're doing here is they're selectively applying conspiracy where there is none. Look what they did with uh, Russiagate. Right. You know, there were a few ads that could be pinned back to that place in St. Petersburg. And Mm. they metamorphosed it into the, the online work of tens of millions of ordinary Americans. Remember, they were tweeting like, Jesus versus Clinton and stuff like that. And mm. they tried to tie that one back to originating as a Russian idea seeded into the minds of Americans. Mm-hmm. Horseshit. Mm-hmm. It was a funny, organic, domestic, well, in creative fact, thought uh, that yeah. originated in the United States. Yeah. In fact, a lot of those so-called pro-Russian, uh, you know, Russian troll farm tweets that allegedly swung it for Trump or swung it against Clinton in 2016. I mean, it came out that they were actually, there was a, the Democrat, the Clinton campaign, people within the Clinton campaign set up fake social media accounts to 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 send out, like to Twitter or on Facebook, to send out messages um, pro-Trump and against Clinton in order to make the case that these were that, that the Russian troll form actually existed. They had no evidence that it existed. So they decided to create them themselves. Right. So, yes, there were some genuinely home, obviously a lot of homegrown pro-Trump American social media posts at that time. But some of them that they actually used as evidence for Trump, Russia, 
uh, you know, collusion or, or, or Russian troll farms, they were actually created by Democrats themselves to create the evidence for the claim that they made that had no evidence. That's deep. That's meta conspiracy right there. <laughs> did, did I just send you that one, Scotty? Um, this, uh, on the same kind of line, uh, same theme um, this week, French woman faces trial on a $12,000 fine for insulting Macron on Facebook. Um, she said, she stands accused of insulting the President of the Republic and is going to stand trial on June 20th. Uh, she said they want to make an example of me. Um, a woman named by the papers Valerie said she was astonished when she answered the knock on the door on Friday morning to find police had come to arrest her <laughs> I asked him if it was a joke I had never been arrested um, what did she actually say yeah she said she, she called him a th- she, basically Mac- the complaint Macron. focused on a post her Facebook post or on her page on March 21st the day that Macron gave a lunchtime interview to French TV um, to defend his pension reforms and she wrote she wrote this piece of filth is going to address you at 1pm it's always on tele- television that we see this filth yeah and that's like thought crime yeah go straight to jail <sighs> well we'll, well see how it goes yeah but, I don't know how they're, they're going to hold that up in France at the moment in this climate mm. But in the U.S., it's much more sneaky. This is a head-on response, and it's a super dodgy, risky uh, strategy-wise. It's Macron saying, right, I'm striking back against them, and I'm going to pick – or not him, his team, whatever. Yeah. They say, just pick, pick one of them and make an example of her. Mm. That's, that's different. That's, mm. <laughs> that's almost certainly going to backfire politically. Mm. In the U.S., it's sneaky. They've got primed people about TikTok for several weeks, and then they roll out a bill that they've obviously had thought about before, which doesn't do what it could do. It could do, it could do the Indian thing, which was harsh enough. Just ban that platform. Yeah. You, you can't access it. Maybe you can sneak around with a VPN, but in general, yeah. it's visibility. It becomes invisible, right? Um, they could have done that. Or they could have done what the Chinese do. What does the Chinese government do with TikTok in its own country? Until up until the age of fourteen, you cannot on any given app. I don't know how they tie the account user with the age, but I'm sure they have ways. You only get X number of hours usage of it per day, and then it cuts. You can't. You've got to wait. You got to go do your homework. That's responsible. Go government. to bed and get up the next morning. Yeah, it's responsible. There are all kinds of things you could do with it, but this is a sneaky. Sneaky, broad language. Mac is kind of like Orwellian stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It's unclear. It's the most telling thing about it, it's unclear. It's clear enough that it's targeting the end users, but then it should be speaking directly to them. It's simple things: what you should and should not yeah. do. You and don't want to break the law. And Instead, it tells you it's targeting you, and it's completely vague. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? It's it the it's, 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 fear. it's designed to instill fear, and it's designed to have an overall effect. A uh, chilling effect. They can't clamp down on freedom, actual freedom, overtly in America, right? They can't no. ban TikTok. They can't stop using platforms. They can't restrict your usage of platforms. But they're going to say, "Have all the freedom you want, but cross lines, take too much freedom, um, think a bit too wrongly, and we'll find a way to put you in prison." I think all of us non-TikTok users have either no impression or a very bad impression of what. The kids get up to mm. on TikTok. I'm sure most of it is just stupid, but there's a lot of it that's like this. This is the beauty of it. It's only one minute long, but this is kind of political content that a lot of the kids make or exposed to and share with each other. 
can get the sound. It's funny. It's funny with the sound, bit of music. How cool is that? One minute, CIA's bullshit over the last five decades mm. summed up. I mean, that's the kind of thing they don't want on TikTok. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, the average teenager, well, I don't know, you have to be a pretty uh, informed teenager to, to get what's going on there, right? But, you know, it may be just seeds, plants a seed, you know. Um, anyway, um, international stuff. Well, that was kind of international, but... Uh, last week we talked about Israeli protests, didn't we? Protests in Israel against Netanyahu, or did we? Maybe touched on it, yeah. We're protests, mad protests going on. We basically, I think, unless I just said this to myself, but uh, we basically said that it was because uh, nationalism uh, in, a, in a kind of burgeoning multipolar world. Uh, Netanyahu's a nationalist. Um Israeli nationalism and for a long time Israeli nationalism and US foreign policy dovetailed. Israel was seen as a kind of outpost of American empire in the Middle East, you know, mm. keep order type thing. And that served Israeli national interest. In a changing world towards a multipolar world, Israel has to look elsewhere, east rather than solely west. Um, and it has to balance its interests, basically. And it has been doing that with Russia vis a vis Ukraine uh, as a kind of quid pro quo with uh, Syria to, uh, that the Russians allow um, <clears throat> the Israelis to attack Iran via Syria or Iranian influence in Syria, which they have done this week actually, Twice. just a few days ago, um, i.e. not giving, for example, not giving the Syrians S-300s so that Israeli uh, planes can act with relative impunity over Syria, attacking supposedly, well, attacking Iranian targets within, within Syria. So, you know, there's a quid pro quo there and uh, the return that Russia gets is that Israel doesn't supply weapons to, to Ukraine. Ukraine. Um, and they've held that. That's come that's, under huge pressure right. in Washington. And, right, exactly. So a lot of pressure from Washington and the protests against Netanyahu were pretty much a kind of color revolution, not so much color revolution, but... Um, Organized. Put, well, putting pressure, yeah. I mean, it was funded by... There's only one There's one group. I can't remember the exact name of the group, but there's a group that I was... That, were, that was behind the protests and their uh, their only their only funder was the US State Department basically uh, NED maybe National Development Democracy but basically the US State Department was that was funded them um, not the name but here um, G, it's just three letters in it. yeah movement for something um, Washington Examiner State Department funds MQG movement for quality government yeah yeah they've actually been around for a while but it is interesting that 
the yeah. examiner saw their records and only one funder is listed anyway. Right. <laughs> it's the State right. Department. Not a huge amount. They say it's received over thirty eight thousand since dollars since twenty twenty. Yeah. But it's that's not the only the money is one factor and the other one is like who's there? Who's speaking at it? He's now given yeah. two long form speeches at the head of this protest. Yeah. It Massive screens, few speakers in the middle of Tel Aviv. That guy Harari, mm. you know, the, the, you'll all, you'll all have you have no free will, and you will all bow and the trans, accept the, the chip the in the trans, brain. Transhumanist, yeah, it's really transhumanist. They had like they had trans trans flags and gay pride flags and all that kind of stuff at those protests as well, right? Yeah, so the anti-fascist like fist, <laughs> bizarre, you know. And there, and I don't know if there was a real poster or not, but I put up a picture of it on, on Twitter anyway. Of they had uh, Trump, Putin, and Netanyahu. Uh, you know, and Erdogan and Xi, right? As and, in, all these dictators must go, basically. So it's obviously totally in line with U.S. foreign policy, rather than there can be no nationalist leader, anyway. Right, and there can be. Well, the point was like it was targeted. It was trying to associate Netanyahu with Putin and Trump, which is obviously straight out of the U.S. State Department or Washington D.C. And it's putting pressure on on Netanyahu basically because you know it's tying them together and, and it's. It's it's basically saying, listen, Netanyahu, we're not happy about the fact that you're not, you know, fully committed to us anymore, or you appear not to be fully committed to us anymore. You're playing, you're playing your own game. And Netanyahu himself, actually, you know, more or less came out and his uh, son did. No, he did him he himself. Did too. Yeah, um, his son said the U.S. is trying to overthrow. Yeah, his okay. son came out and said it, but uh, Netanyahu said it there, um, so what, four or five days ago. Um, he said, Israel, uh, if you just scroll, well, I don't know if the top tweets, but that's the bottom one. Blah, 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 strengthening democracy, restoring government. But he says the main point, the main tweet was, Israel is a sovereign country which makes its decisions by the will of its people and not based on pressures from abroad, including from the best of friends. <laughs> I wonder who he was talking about. Uh, I, he's basically saying, Pressures from abroad. Um, we're a sovereign country, and we'll do what is in our best interest. It's amazing. I never thought it'd be kind of providing any support for. Netanyahu. I know these Netanyahu. are strange times, but that's what happens when the whole world gets upended. You know, from unipo- unipolarity towards multipolarity, you start everybody starts changing sides. You know, here's slowly here, moving. Here's that. Here's one of those uh, massive posters they had specially printed. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, Trump, BB, Putin, arrest. And if you scroll down the next, there's a second part of it. No one is above the law, yeah, which has been the mantra on USMSM right. all that's, week long because of the announcement of Trump's that, indictment. No amazing, one is above the law. This shows that no one is above the law. It's amazing that all those English, uh, all those Israeli protesters are out there and being weaponized in that way, that they're completely clueless, you know what I mean? That they don't know what they're doing. They're carrying basically a US State Department poster that they don't know is a State Department poster it's, and, and a, and a yeah. slogan, you know? It's, it's, well, English is the lingua franca of the liberals in capitalism. Well, of course, but it's not, it's not the language. What I'm saying is they have no idea what they're... They think they're protesting about something. They right. think they're, they're this is their idea. About, it's not their idea. Yeah. This is, they're basically... They may as well all work for the State Department. They don't know and maybe that's true about most protests or a lot of protests around a the lot, world, a lot but of. they do not know what they're protesting about. They don't know how they're being weaponized and how they're being manipulated. And they're carrying like like posters like that or, or banners um, that are, you know, the letter of U.S. foreign policy right now. Of all the things to hit BB with, this is the most bullshit. 
he he won. Mm. He got the most votes, his party, in the elections December last year. Mm-hmm. He's entitled to form a government, assuming, you know, all things being equal, that was a accepted. No one has contested the election results. So mm-hmm. Liko's party, his party won the most. Um, he's already backed down on having a couple of cabinet posts to mm-hmm. one of uh, the parties in his coalition. I forget the name begins with S. It's a new one. It, it is ultra right. I mean, relatively in this spectrum, it's so-called ultra right. It's religious right. It's settler attitude, you know, Israeli Jews. Mm-hmm. But whatever. They, if you want democracy, you want to play by those rules. That party, what they came third. And uh, one of the things he's backed down on is, okay, well, they won't be in the government. But I mean, hang on a second. And this is democracy protesters screaming up. They can't be in. No, no, they don't. They, what, they won. They won in the election. They're entitled. That's what to. I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. Those people don't know what they're. Whenever they're just being weaponized. this is why, whenever there's a protest against some, an abstraction, democracy, and this mm-hmm. is over. You know who has the right to fire and Nothing. hire judges and stuff, and Not the, the separation of powers between the judiciary and the executive. And I see there's a million people in the streets for that. I'm like, that's that's too abstract for mm. people to comprehend. Yeah, um, they've been given some other reason to be out there. Yeah. Some simple narrative, basically. Um, yeah, so this is bizarre that we're defending Netanyahu in this world, but this has other implications. All those people, and I know they're only a minority in real in reality, but Jesus Christ, they get a lot of amplification. Mm-hmm. When if if we're ever if we're ever cast as far right, one of the things that's said about us and QAnon types everywhere is that they believe the Jews control the world. Well, what's going on here? Exactly. What's Would going you, on here? If that's if the, if the current Israeli government is about is in, there's an attempt on the way to Ustad that's just been elected. Um, who is it? The Jews or is the U.S. State Department? Mm-hmm. After all, yeah, you know, staying in that area. Um, you mentioned we mentioned there that during the week, um, Israel. Uh, what? First of all, American troops are in on the ground, boots on the ground in Syria. Have been since whatever. It's probably not for. It's probably more than ten years now, since two thousand eleven. But uh, so basically, American America's occupying part of Syria right now, um, and it's obviously that's a long story. But um, this week, one of the bases, uh, one of the American bases in Syria, was uh, attacked allegedly by Iran-backed groups. Um, just throw it up, Scotty. Uh, six. The interesting thing with this headline is six U.S. troops diagnosed with traumatic brain injuries. Remember that? Where that have came I from? heard that before? Where have you heard that before? Huh? Strange that. That up is again. from. That's what they were calling U.S. casualties or injuries, casualties in that sense, not deaths. They claim when the Iranians launched missiles at the at Baghdad. Erbil in northern Iraq, Erbil, the the, As- yeah. the ironically the yeah, Assad Erbil, yeah. air base in northern right. Iraq, uh, following the assassination of Soleimani. Yeah, and crazy. They, at that time, they said traumatic brain injury. Is that just a euphemism then for dead, basically killed? Is that, is that like? I wouldn't be surprised if they've come up with that. Like, I think from, so. Like I for the so. optics, you know, let's call it traumatic brain injury. At the time, I looked hard to find because <clears throat> they do post obits and stuff. And in local news media in the U.S., whenever there's someone is killed, you know, 
the family has to be notified and it becomes a local story, even if it never gets national attention because, mm. you know, that's bad news. That's American. That's our boys coming home in body bags, mm. blah, blah, blah. They do still have to publish it somewhere. I never did find one for <clears throat> the January 2020 missile assault, though. So maybe they got lucky and they just got, what, 90 soldiers with, quote, traumatic brain injuries mm-hmm. and no one was killed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hear that many other like, what about the Ukraine conflict? Do you hear much about traumatic brain in- injuries being reported from the conflict in Ukraine? No, Similar situation, don't. right? You're you're having shells or drones, basically bombs blowing up at at bases or amongst military personnel. What happens? Do a bunch of them get traumatic brain injuries and, and, and that's what's reported, or do they get killed and maimed? Killed and maimed. <laughs> just mentioned. It's like I mean, I w- really wouldn't put it past the Americans to come up with this term and decide that's what we're run with from now on, you know, traumatic yeah. brain injuries. Uh, that's what'll, that's what'll happen, you know, if they ever go to, if America actually goes to war with anybody, which it probably won't, but, you know, you won't get any reports. No, no US troops will be killed. They'll all just have traumatic brain injuries. Um, so yeah, that's what, that was, and then, in response to that, I don't, it wasn't really in response to that. The Americans supposedly launched some airstrikes in Syria. As well against in, in retaliation for this uh, attack by an Iranian uh, drone, uh, but then Israel joined in as well and targeted some what they say is Islamic Revolutionary Guard Iranian uh, personnel, killed one person according to the Iranians, according to official sources. So it's weird you have both America and Israel, obviously you know not happy with each other. Well ostensibly not happy with each other, not 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 the best friends anymore, but at the same time uniting against their uh their common enemy, although it's not for the same reasons, right? I mean there's all sorts of different ploys. I mean, just because America and Israel are both attacking uh are targeting Iranian um personnel or bases in Syria doesn't mean that they're doing it for the same reason, you know? It also doesn't mean that their respective governments Know what's going official on. governments yeah. knew about it. Yeah. Remember, Trump didn't find out until he was gone mm. that the troops he had ordered withdrawn from Syria had never actually left. And mm-hmm. the guy who was in charge at the Pentagon or the State Department, I can't remember which, gloated about it to the media. Yes, we got a memo, uh, an order from the White House to pull out X number of troops from Syria. We just ignored it. Mm. For two or three years, we just ignored it. So you can have a situation there where I presume now that the gates are open now that we see this 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 split between official Israel and unofficial deep state Israel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they exist there too. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know what's going. Maybe it's not Netanyahu is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's con- well, it's per- yeah. perpetual continuation governments. It's mm-hmm. Someone else who, yeah. Well, Russia's it's part of the U.S. It's very complicated. Like Russia's trying to balance a lot of things there in the can Middle East between yeah. Israel and. Between Israel, obviously, with the US, between Israel, Syria, trying to like, you know, protect its interests in Syria while America is there, while at the same time, you know, staying friends with Iran and Turkey, uh, well, Turkey trying, trying to stay friends with, with Turkey over Syria because of their border dispute and the Kurds and terrorism and all that kind of stuff, uh, Kurdish terrorism. Um, so, Turk, uh, Russia trying to trying to balance Turkey, Syria, Syria, Iran. Because Iran is friends with Syria and Syria is allowing Iranian influence in, but also Israel against against Iran and Syria to a certain extent, but only because of Iran. 
and the Turks and the Iranians not <laughs> really yeah. the nightmare. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, and I mean the whole thing could just break out and it could it could get beyond Russia and there could be some kind of a conflict could break out there between multiple different parties. You know, the longer uh, the Americans stay, the more likely. Yeah. Yeah, of course. They're, they tend to be the uh, thorn in the side, you know. Speaking of... Um, but the other ants are going to overtake this. The, yeah. Go on. What do you, where did you want to segue to next? Uh, just to Pakistan. Uh, <laughs> Pakistan is... Um, when did you write this? This is from um, a few days ago, uh, four or five days ago. History, potted history of Pakistan. Uh, Imran Khan uh, elected uh, several years ago. Um, basically... You have a bunch of America firsters in Pakistan, right? I mean, Pakistan has long been, you know, to a certain extent, the plaything of of American, the American State Department, American, you know, a, a base for American foreign policy, right? Going way back to, um, you know, the its foundation, back to its foundation, and then most notably the Soviet Afghan War, and you know, the creation of the Mujahideen and the the arming of the Mujahideen and Al Qaeda and all that kind of stuff. So there's a long history there, and there's a there's a kind of I don't know I can't even call them right wing anymore. It's just kind of um, I don't know the war party or the self interested uh, psycho nut jobs who have ruled in Pakistan for a very long time or have always been behind the scenes. Imran Khan, being a decent guy, uh, wants to you know he, he's more of a, into uh, uh, you know. He's more of a nationalist. I swear. I wanted to call the guys who are who are, who are the, the the elements in the government who are seriously against him, as we'll see. Um, I wanted to call them right wing, but I want to call Imran Khan a nationalist as well, mm. which tends to be right wing because he's nationalist in the true sense of the word, where he wants to maintain um, uh, good relations with his neighbors, his neighbors, and the strategic uh, you know, trading partners and all that kind of stuff. Other countries like I, so Russia, China, etc. But uh, these guys aren't interested in that, and the guys who are against him in, in, in the Pakistani state, basically, in Pakistani intelligence, appear to be just basically, you know, an extension of uh, the CIA or, you know, Washington, D.C., basically. They're they're beholden to them, or they are will, willingly beholden to them, let's say. Um, so anyway, Imran Khan gets elected, very popular amongst most, let's say, most Pakistanis. And I don't know if we covered it at the time, but uh, since he was elected a few years ago, um, I think it was, was it was last year that he was ousted um, in a, as a result of a quote-unquote no-confidence vote. Mm-hmm. And the reason, um, <laughs> the reason he, just, we can just put this up here, the reason he, um, the no-confidence vote was based on the fact that he had revealed he had found out, had seen a cable, a diplomatic cable from the US, from uh, someone in the State Department or whatever, to someone in, in Pakistani intelligence saying, telling him that, telling them that they need to, need to get rid of Khan, that they sh- he should be gotten rid of in a coup. Um, so they held a no confidence vote. So, so it wasn't that they, so he wasn't ousted in a coup. He wanted to make that public and he talked about it. Hmm. And the Pakistani, Supreme Court or something told him, obviously in league with these people in the Pakistani deep state, let's call them. Um, they they said that if he if he revealed the details of that cable, because he spoke about it, but he was going to actually make it public, make the actual cable public. And they said if he did that, he would um, 
he would be in breach of his of the constitution of the 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 oath that they swore to the constitution. Like think about that. He's just. <laughs> just it sounds like the same bullshit they pulled on Trump. Yeah, because he had disclosed the contents of his call. Oh no, he was he would not disclose the contents of his call with Zelensky. They official that was the official reason for impeaching him. Yeah. It's, so it's um, this so this one basically to give you an idea what 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 he's up against. And of course, a few couple of months ago, they tried to assassinate him. He was shot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and since then, they tried to have him arrested. Protesters right. they. They folded, they put the warrant to bed for a while, but now they've reissued it, or they're going, they're going right. to get him? They right. have got him? What's the well, news? yeah, they want to, they may be trying to arrest him. After they tried to assassinate him, they're trying to arrest him. This guy was democratically elected and then ousted, basically in a, you know, and there's no reason to believe that the cable from the U.S. wasn't, that the U.S. was behind it. The U.S. instigated or told the Pakistani deep state types to get rid of Khan in a, in a coup or get rid of him by fair means or foul. Um... But then they followed up, obviously, got rid of him with this no-confidence vote, and he was ousted. And there was massive protests in Pakistan, ongoing protests. In fact, still ongoing today in Pakistan. Supporters of Khans saying, you know, I know what's going on. But in this article, anyway, just go back to the article there. Um, in an interview on Sunday with a local news channel, there's the new kind of post-coup regime in, in Pakistan, post-US-backed coup regime in Pakistan. Interior Minister Rana Sanula, second most powerful official in the government, issued what many say are not so veiled threats to Khan, who since his removal from power last year has been demanding immediate elections. Uh, he, this is what this guy said, Interior Minister, he, Khan, has brought the nation's politics to a point where only one of us can exist. When we feel our existence is being threatened, we will go to a point where we will not bother whether a move is democratic or not. <laughs> Calling Khan an enemy who is incurable, the minister said there will be no normalcy or political stability in the country so long as the Pakistani i.e. Imran Khan's party exists. He says he accuses us of plotting to kill him, which they clearly did and tried. And if he thinks we want to kill him, obviously he wants to kill us as well. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we were going to kill him. This is, this, is, this is super because this is articulating exactly what the CIA and the US deep state has thought about Trump this whole last seven years. Mm. But they're cautious not to articulate it so openly. That's exactly how they see it. It's a kind of doggy dog world. We can't both coexist. It's him or us kind of thing. Yeah. So it's general elections later this year and they're trying to get rid of them between now and then. And they may actually, because I mean, Khan keeps on whole, uh, arranging or organizing rallies, right? Massive, massive rallies in support of him. You know, and these people are his enemies and who are in government right now are terrified of it. And they may actually, I mean, Pakistan has a history of, you know, just, yeah, just flip over into a military, military coup, you know, let's, let's, let's form a military hunt and we'll rule the country for a while just to keep things under, under control, you know. Um, so that may actually happen or, or not. It depends whether or not Khan actually doubles down on it and says, because there's elections later this year. You know? The Given what happened to Benazir Bhutto, Pakistan's been here before 20 years ago on the cusp of genuine national Becoming a normal country, basically, mm -hmm. and not a freaking tool of intrigue of empire. Right. Um, they've been here before. So either this plays in repeat and they kill him, or he will actually have to do what they're saying. He, you will, you will have to bite the bait and become the autocrat. They're trying to forestall you from becoming by saying that that's what you are. And you need to go in hard. Now, you don't need to slaughter a lot of them, but you do need to do yeah. some, you know, I, I'm not advocating violence, but 
this is the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And a similar ish in the United yeah. States. You, you cannot, but these such people, you've, you've, you can't play softball. Yeah. You, you, you've, there's got to be a deterrent factor mm -hmm. against them or they'll just keep coming. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, obviously the reason that the US wants to hold on to Pakistan, keep it in its pocket is because of, you know, Eurasian integration and Pakistan went the wrong way. He started looking towards Russia. And, well, and this all kicked off when he flew into Moscow the right. day after, two days after the right. launch of the special military operation. Right. That's why they were Clanded, like, yeah. now get him out. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is there's that general trend, but also, um, Pakistan has been supplying weapons. So America's looking for as many people as possible to supply weapons to Ukraine, right? And Pakistan, they officially say they're not only supplying non-lethal weapons, but it's kind of nonsense because um, there's uh, there's video or photographic evidence of, as you can see here, of uh, Pakistani ordnance factories uh, or ammunition made from in Pakistani ordnance factories are in the hands of the Ukrainian army, basically grad, you know, uh, Artillery. As George Rocket Bush launchers. said, if you're not with us, you're against us. So that's what's going on over there. But that's whack-a-mole. There's no way they can keep up this. I mean, look at the other things this week. The Saudi Arabian king's been invited to Iran. Mm. The Iranian president is to be invited to Riyadh. Saudi Arabia has been given partner status in the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Mm. Um, that's just for starters. Uh, France, this, I don't know how this happened. France is now buying LNG from the United Arab Emirates and paying for it in one. Mm -hmm. And that was actually a theme this week, de-dollarization. I've never, I haven't seen it so prolific. I found two mainstream reports. China's pushing that, yeah. Big time. Um, and it's got the leverage to be able to, to do it. Like basically, they've, they've, They've entrenched themselves. The Chinese have like, are obviously the factory, you know, the factory of the world. And there's so many countries that are dependent, you know, that China is their biggest trading partner or the biggest supplier. And China at this point, when it's, when it's got to that point, like Brazil was one example. In Brazil, they did it actually as well. They, Lula and, uh, and the Chinese are Lula agreed to pay for, um, to basically de-dollarization for trade between Brazil and China to be in, in Yuan. Um, and it's because, the Brazilians have no choice. You know what I mean? Uh, where are you going to, what are you just going to drop us and look for someone else to supply pretty much everything, you know, all your, all your basic needs? No. And so China just played that slow, slow or long game um, where they get to the point where they have that kind of leverage where they can say, listen, from now on, set of dollars, you're going to pay us new one. Okay. Um, I want to play this because this is the first time I've seen an American TV station explain it to the home audience mm. about what's going on here. Uh, it's not bad, actually, at all. It's not Fox. Vladimir Putin announced this week that Russia will begin using the Chinese yuan uh, to, for international payments instead of the dollar. Saudi Arabia is also in talks with Beijing to do the same thing. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, meanwhile, they're in talks uh, with Iran as well to consider an economic alliance with China and Russia. And they can even be joining the BRIC countries, which is an acronym for these countries here, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. These countries all have emerging economies. So what happens if our economy and the U.S. dollar are no longer the world's dominant currency? Former Assistant Treasury Secretary and host of the Monica Crowley podcast, Monica Crowley, 
is here to weigh in. Monica, great to see you this morning. Uh, let's start right there. What happens if these emerging economies move away from the U.S. dollar towards the Chinese yuan? No. Well, good morning, Will. It's great to be with you. And it's really hard to overstate exactly how catastrophic the abandonment of the U.S. dollar would be. Uh, as the world's uh, global reserve currency. Look, since the end of World War II, the dollar has been the safe place to go, and it's been backed up by a couple of things. It originally was backed up by gold, but President Nixon took, took us off the gold standard, so there's no hard asset backing up the dollar anymore for the last 50 years. But also it's been backed up by the strength and economic power of the United States and the fact that oil has always been traded in dollars. If that were to end, that would mean the end of the U.S. dollar. Look, th there is a perfect storm happening right now, Will. The, the world's uh, reserve currency, being that, uh, having that status, has been a real privilege. But we've abused the privilege by wholly reckless monetary and fiscal policies over many years, certainly over the last couple of years, which has really devalued the dollar. On top of that, now you do have this perfect storm of Biden's weakness, his war on American domestic energy production, the Ukraine war. And as you point out, because of all of these things, we've got America's enemies led by China forming a new economic bloc. Yeah, and it's not just... Uh, That's pretty truthy. That's the whole shebang, basically. Yeah. Uh, one other one, we won't play it, but on Silver and CNN, there was the equivalent from Fareed Zakaria, you yeah. know, totally pro-US, but he's, just, he's laying it all out for people. Well, it's happening in Africa as well. Have a, have a listen to this guy. This is the uh, African, Zambian, sorry, um, opposition leader. Oh, and this so is in the context of, hang on, this is in the context of um, Kamala Harris doing her whirlwind giggle tour of African countries where she talks nonsense and giggles. Um, and pats children on the head. This is again Zambia. She was there, I think. That's what he said. A country that has toppled so many governments in Africa, that has led so many coups in Africa and other parts of the world. A country that has killed so many of our leaders in Africa and other parts of the world. The killers of Patis Rumumba. Those who toppled Kwame Nkrumah, those who killed Nasser, those who killed Muammar Gaddafi, today are coming to teach us about democracy. A country that has been built on a brutal force, on enslavement of other human beings, on the humiliation of Africans, the exploitation of Africans, the plunder of Africa, today is coming to teach us about democracy. If you have no respect for the dignity of others, if you have no respect for the sovereignty of other countries, you cannot claim to be a champion of democracy. Totally non-PC. Did he not? Did he not miss? Did he miss the fact that Kamala is the first black Apparently. female vice president of America? He should have been celebrating that. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, he he was the only one. The Ghana, the Ghana president with Kamala next to him. 
yeah. said similar stuff. Did you notice the that the text was in English and Chinese and, uh, on the podium? That was yeah. uh, it was actually uh um uh, uh, I suppose a forum. It's it was called the International Forum on Democracy. Uh, that was Chinese led at the same time in Africa, right? Uh Maybe that's why she went. Sorry, that was a while ago, yeah, so when she was there. But then a few days later, uh, the U.S. held their, what do they call it? Their, their, um, actually, that wasn't in Zambia. That was during Kamala's visit, but he was in China. He was right. in Beijing. Right. At this, So he was invited. African leaders were invited, opposition leaders, whatever. So it was, it's like they're vying for, you know, basically the U.S. and China at the same time, more or less within a week, are holding something like forums called something like International Forum on Democracy or Forum on Democracy. Or Summit for Democracy in Summit Washington. Summit for Democracy in Washington and International Forum on Democracy in Beijing. And they're asking people to come and talk yeah. about our version of democracy. Yeah. And we're seeing where the chips fall, you know. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny, you know. It's, yeah. Um, in, I was on the, it was actually an RT, but in, uh, it was actually originally from the, from the French newspaper Le Figaro. Um, RT just covered it. Um, interesting little tidbit on, you know, the whole Ukrainian grain thing where there last year the Russians were being accused of blocking grain exports from Ukraine and these, this grain was going to poor African countries and how could Russia be so evil and, and, and so, you know, heartless to stop Ukraine exporting grain to third world countries. Um, and then Russia finally relented as long as, you know, they could oversee it and all that kind of stuff. And it was stalled and started again, stalled, started again. Well, anyway, uh, this is from the Figaro, that, uh, the Figaro French newspaper. Eastern European farmers are uh, very angry about the fact, like this is in Poland, Romania and Bulgaria, farmers are angry because the, they're getting the, 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 value or the value of their grain has been dropped because their, their markets have been flooded with Ukrainian grain. Mm-hmm. I, that grain was meant to go to that Ukraine and the US and everybody said it was going to go to African countries and that Russia and had Russia's let it go. starving Africans, yeah. Yeah, no, actually it went to, it went, yeah. which is what uh, Russian, the Russians have said. Yeah, uh, since the Europeans then, are hoarding this that, shit. That they're lying and yeah. that it was going to Europe and not only that, so not only are they lying about it not going, about it going to Africa, it was going to Europe, but it's actually having significant economic uh, causing significant economic problems for, problems for eastern european farmers because flooding the market drops the value of the grain it's the last hurrah the last <laughs> plunder it's the last you know as you know as things continue to go wrong for america you know as a multipolar world emerges and america's formerly steadfast steadfast quote-unquote friends start looking elsewhere for other friends america is going to increase pressure and influence and intimidation and threats on those countries and they're going to simply turn those countries more quickly against them. They're going to create a situation where most of the world will be will turn against America because of the way America is trying to browbeat or threaten or intimidate up to and including, you know, pushing for coups and overthrows and assassinations of leaders, whoever gets in the way. Uh, they're going to piss more and more countries off to the point that America will be isolated and will have no friends or very few friends. Yeah. Yeah. One way or another, the the slow de dollarization is going to have an effect. Um, yeah. As well, I have an article here from. This was in Financial Times. We won't put up. Um, you may not see it. 
The title is Why Are Americans Dying So Young? Um, this is, for me, this is symptomatic of, of what's of the impasse the U.S. in particular, but the West more generally, is coming to. Um, so scroll down there and we'll start reading this. Um, the first thing to note is that the the difference in um, earnings and the comparison here is between the average European and the average American. A car wash manager in Alabama can now earn $125,000 annually, I presume, about 50% more than the head of a cybersecurity at the UK Treasury, even after accounting for different living costs. It's not just, you know, the result of a few small factors. This is like, this has been the American way. American dream. America's, American dream, living high on the hog. Freedom. Where you're basically doing in a, a services job, but you're you're living the equivalent of a senior manager's lifestyle mm-hmm. in Europe, which is still within the West. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's the, that's the setup. That's the way it has been, and it's the way it still is. And yet, despite that uh, huge material advantage, mm-hmm. if you scroll down now, they have some stats on this. Um. The average American, yeah, go to that uh, chart there. That there is the average U.S. life expectancy, so across the whole country in the red line. It's the same as one of the poorest districts in England, Blackpool. You see West Virginia is pulled out of the U.S. average there, and that's really bad. So there's obviously a huge variety in the United States, but the overall national average is low and falling. Um there's some more stats. It's been falling even sharper since COVID. Is that is that 65 years old? No. Yes, that's the average life expectancy. Wow. Well, I think it's it's adjusted for something else. I think it it's life. That's excuse me. It's life expectancy. Live in good health the before number of, before you get a disability. The number of years a person can expect to live in good health. In good health. It says underneath. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you scroll down to there's another chart. Here you see that discrepancy in in a big way. This is comparing again, and, the, and this isn't just a European to this is England to US. They're the closest yeah. in uh, in both in in the, in the in the way they manage you know their people, their economy, their beliefs, the whole culture. Right? It says Americans die earlier than the English across the income distribution, despite typically earning significantly, significantly more. more. That's just too much freedom. And I'll just read one quote from it. This is shocking. One statistic, just a little bit below there, the paragraph just below, one statistic in particular stood out. One in 25 American 25-year-olds today will not make it to their 40th birthday. American 5-year-old. Yeah. Uh, One in 25, yes, 5-year-olds. Will not make it to their 40th birthday. Wow. So basically in any given kindergarten class in the United States, one of them won't, won't make it to 40. And that's that's huge compared to the Western average mm-hmm. or the UK average, um, even though their earnings are way higher. So, on average, of course. But that it's mm-hmm. it for me. It's like it's like they're still living so high on the hog be- because of the power of the dollar, seniorage. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't have to work 
it means that on average people don't have to work as hard mm-hmm. to sell or to make money or to earn a living. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world does because mm-hmm. they they can't just print the dollars. Right, to start exactly. With. They have to work to get the dollars. Well, to look make at the trade. Look at Twitter. Twitter fired seven thousand employees and nothing changed on the platform. What were seven thousand? What were those seven thousand people doing? I mean, you've seen the videos of people posting their videos, my, my day at Twitter, whatever, you know, before Musk came along, you know. But there were literally 7,000 people employed at Twitter that were technically doing nothing useful. I mean, that, uh, and given, or nothing necessary because they were removed and nothing changed. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that would, maybe they had a job, obviously they had a job of some description, but it was a very easy job. They probably didn't do a lot of work at all, you know. But yeah, that, it's, it's just the massive printing of dollars that allows those kind of, money in circulation within the US and it being backed up or supported or paid for effectively, American debt, the debt that they're accruing by, by printing all these dollars being paid for or that debt being held by foreign countries. Most notably Japan, which is in a bind because Japan holds most, uh, more than China actually, I think it, 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 it holds. China's been selling it all. It holds the most uh, US dollars, uh, most American debt. So Japan is very invested in the US dollar, not collapsing or not, you know what I mean? Mm. The Americans have Japan by the walls since the Second World War, basically, you know what I mean? Um, Germany too, obviously. Yeah. But for different reasons. Yes. But um, what happens when that guy earning the, the car wash, the attendant or dealer or whatever, uh, well, this, when, when he's, he's got, he got $125,000 a year, when he, you know, he bought a big house, car, whatever, blah, 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 he's living high on the hog. What happens if and when the dollar is, as we just watched from Fox News and you said on CNN as well, if there's a point where the dollar collapses and all those, uh, it's no longer it's no longer reserve currency, and all those dollars come flooding back home, and suddenly they, they have to be accounted for based on the actual value of the American economy rather than, the, like I just said, other countries uh, f- uh, financing that debt. How does how do people like that guy in America continue to finance their lifestyle? They can't. How do they keep paying their mortgage? They can't. No. With massive well, all inflation. things being equal, there's hyperinflation. Yeah, exactly. Of Weimar Germany style. Well, yeah. So there's they have no be, left. There's obviously some. some they're gaming. being set up like it's totally. They're setting half, up a population. Half of the for US, a big fall. Half the US debt, <clears throat> government debt, seven trillion dollars has been printed. So basically, it's they had seven. Well, it depends what we're, what we're counting here. I've seen I've seen a table where Internal they showed that accumulated over the 20th century. And the first 20 years, right up to the eve of the COVID pandemic, the U.S. accumulates $7 trillion in government debt. Mm-hmm. That's doubled in right, those two, debt. In three years since then, it's now 14. It has doubled in just those three years. After that's public debt, yeah. The, that, that, it's either just runaway madness or there's a logic to it in that they don't expect to ever have to pay it back. They, they, they're thinking a few moves ahead and they're hoping that when the rubber hits the road and I don't know if hyperinflation begins or something, there's already a crisis in the world that either, uh, sets, sets the clock back to zero. Sets basically. the clock back. And everyone, in a way that it forces and, everyone and, else to cooperate, they don't just call well, in they, the debts. They just wipe away money and, and usher in CBDCs, right? Central bank digital currencies. That's, that's if if that's right. a way, if you can do that, I mean, I don't know exactly. Obviously, they may be way overconfident in, in whatever their plans are. Do you remember the, um, the economist Rubini, Nuriel Rubini? Mm-hmm. I think he's American Lebanese. He's part of his fame is that he predicted the 2008. Mm-hmm. financial crisis and that it would come from mm-hmm. um, over-leveraged mortgages, right? Uh, 
this week he says the U.S. banking sector is basically hosed. Um, it's no surprise to anyone watching the show, but um, it's just a matter of time before um, the the U.S. dollar is hosed. But his solutions for it, he ha- he has none. They're they're facing a triple storm of rising inflation, uh, the coming doom loop. They've titled this. In the face of high and persistent inflation, recession risks are now a looming insolvency crisis in the financial sector. Central banks like the U.S. Federal Reserve are facing a trilemma. Unable to fight inflation and provide liquidity support simultaneously, the only solution is a severe recession and thus a broader debt crisis. Hmm. You know, maybe, maybe that's what they think they can uh, manage at home. They will have. They will. Except they will take reality on the chin. There will be a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, they did hint at that strongly. Uh, Western leaders in general, when COVID kicked in, you remember it was early on, it was March, and they were all saying, guys, we're in for a Great Depression now, worse than the other Great Depression, worse than World War II. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first messages they wanted to get out. Right when everyone was freaking out about the virus and washing their hands maniacally, the government said, we're going to take time out now to discuss finance. I was like, why are they going with that? Well, we have some picture now. It, it happened later than they thought, but they spent like crazy mm-hmm. to keep the lockdowns sustainable and for people from having food riots, right? They spent like crazy. They printed like and crazy. I think they printed like crazy, but it in the real world, it translated into what Putin has since complained about in two speeches. Those dollars and euros went out and shitloads of stuff went into Europe and the United States. They've been hoarding mm-hmm. like never before mm-hmm. since then. That's partly what we're seeing with the grain dump mm-hmm. in Eastern Europe. They don't give a shit about the farmers. They knew it would suppress prices, but they're, they're on a major hoard. They think, I think, they can reach this point in the line where financially it's hosed but there's enough stuff in our parts of the world to keep people fed mm-hmm. and on side and prevent revolution and riots or whatever. Maybe. Or maybe they're hoarding it for themselves. It's, it, it, it's bonkers. It, it's so like, it's, it's on the face of it, it's such short-termist thinking. It's so irrational. And um, mm-hmm. here's the contrast. The IMF, which of course is, you know, going to align with whatever the Washington consensus is. The IMF has a formal report this week um, on its prospects for the Russian economy (laughs) in complete contrast to everything they told us last year. The the rubble is, the ruble is going to become rubble. We're going to collapse the Russian economy. What happened instead? The Russian economy grew this year slightly. And in 2023, they're predicting more growth. Um, that's only been possible if you consider the extreme pressure they're under with like seriously austere, smart management of the economy. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have the same freedom to print money. Just print. Mm-hmm. There it is there. This is grid uh, reporting on it. Headline, Russia's economy is now forecast to go faster than Germany's and Britain's in 2023. How is that possible? <laughs> IMF report says over the coming year, Russia's economy will grow while Britain's will contract and that Russia will actually grow faster than Germany, Europe's economic powerhouse, which it will no longer be at the way things have been going recently. Um, it's This isn't just recent stuff either. The, 
we we've said in the past that they must have been prepared the Russians mm-hmm. for what came last year and hit them like a mm-hmm. firestorm. Indeed they were. They someone at the Russian Central Bank spoke up this week and said that they have been preparing since 2014 for what happened to them last year and that's that's why they were able to weather it so well. And that's the kind of long-term um discipline. Mm-hmm. That everyone else except the United States is forced by the external circumstances mm-hmm. of the current dollar-based system mm-hmm. to adhere to. The Americans, ironically, they've been hoisted on their own petard. The freedom they've sought for the now, the immediate, the gratification, mm-hmm. has it's going to render them the least free people on earth. They're going to be completely f like uh put um let's look at that one. <clears throat> Russian Central Bank reveals how it braced for Western dollar web. Moscow stockpiled gold, yuan, and foreign currency in cash to offset sanctions. And the first paragraph says they've been doing it since 2014. Beefing up additional funds as a hedge against future restrictions. That's why when half of their foreign reserves, 300 billion, were just stolen, mm-hmm. they they complained about it, but they didn't do what they could have done. I mean, in another situation, that would have been an act of war. They're, they were like, they, the way they responded was like they expected it. Yeah. The central bank managed to stash billions of imported dollars in volumes limited by logistical logistics capabilities. And the report said it's specifying the amount of accumulated funds. Alternative so- reserves in dollars and gold bars have been stockpiled in the vaults of the Bank of Russia. The safety cushion was created in the form of alternative reserves, less liquid and convenient in everyday life, but more reliable in the face of a tough geopolitical scenario. Yeah, so be like Russia and get some gold or silver. Um, you never know when it might come in handy. For Since forever, <clears throat> the British and then the Americans after them, their underlying assumption about how the world is has been that if we're not managing it, it's just anarchy. Without us, they've they've articulated that in many public forums in different mm-hmm. ways. You see, we got to go and beat a few heads now and then because we've got to keep this because if not, it's just fall the world is just, it's... Y'all are no good on your it's own. It's Thomas Hobbes, you know, life is nasty, brutish and short for everyone. Well, in the real world, what's really happening is quite just the opposite. narrative yeah. um, to justify their... The, 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 the entities in the system that keep life nasty, brutish and short for most people are those who are saying without us, you'll only live such a life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's reflected in, in the very mature adult ways that two examples, but they're not the only ones, the Russian and Chinese governments articulate and frame the world's what's going on at the moment mm-hmm. and what to do about it. So Russia announced a new foreign policy doctrine this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they had done, they've done one recently for nuclear and for their overall military posture, but this is something else. It hadn't been updated since 2016. For the first time, it names the U.S. Um, as not not an enemy. You'd think they would. Yeah, after here's the someone who's belligerent against us, so I suppose. Well, here's someone who, who's, nom- who's, who's, who's naming us, has named us repeatedly as, as, a, foreign as, as a serious and, yeah. threat to us. Yeah. Them on China. They're not the Americans aren't 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 timid about pointing out their 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 
they're bet noirs, you know. Yeah, the whole axis of evil mm-hmm. stick, but others don't respond in that way. No, because they're a bit more mature. We'll put it up here for more tea, but the document basically puts American efforts to undermine Russian interests in the spotlights. And it states, I think we're at a fourth or fifth paragraph, it states, the United States and their satellites have used measures as a pretext to escalate their longstanding anti-Russian policies and have, and have unleashed a hybrid war of a new type. At that point, you'd be like, at that point, if someone in the West articulated a foreign country as doing that, they would be enemy status, belligerent, at war with. But no, that's not what they do. Moscow and says does not see itself as the West's enemy. It it, it won't accept their label. Of, right. we, we we reject your label. Yeah, we are Don't, not going to actively isolate ourselves even from the West, and we harbor no hostile intentions towards it. For it long, that Russia expects Ru- Western powers to recognize the futility of confrontational policy and hegemonic ambitions, and to eventually return to pragmatic cooperation with Russia based on mutual respect. No! And we are are ready for a dialogue and cooperation on such a basis. We're armed and ready, and we'll strike you if you try to strike us. But we're ready to talk at any moment. And that is is the difference. It's it's so profound. This is what people who... um, This is why this is new. You see, we've always assumed... Part of that attitude of, well, if we're not ruling the world, Jesus Christ, it's either anarchy or, God forbid, someone worse is coming in as hegemon. But there's mm. going to be a hegemon, right? Mm. No. They're saying no. There does, does not need to be one. Right. We're not <coughs> claiming that spot. There has to be no a dictator. One... I know. You may as well say dictator. You can say hegemon. You may as well say dictator. These a global dictator. lectured us about democracy for 100 years. Yeah. It's managed democracy, Neil. Managed. Um, last week we, uh, oh, there's one thing that I don't know if I put it up or not. Um, well, maybe we'll give him some props. Um, Robert Kennedy. Remember the horse dewormer? Um, ivermectin. Oh, yeah. Hydroxychloroquine. Remember they came down hard on it, called everybody a crazy nutbag for one day. Snort horse dewormer for COVID. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, I didn't. I don't think I came across this before. Um, Robert Kennedy says that there's a little-known federal law that says that you cannot a U.S. federal law that says you cannot give an emergency use authorization, which which is what the vaccines got to be able to be rolled out so early. You can't give that to a vaccine if there is any medication approved for any purpose that is shown effective against the target disease. So Fauci, if Fauci or anybody had admitted that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin are effective against COVID, it would have been illegal for them to give the emergency use authorization to the vaccines. And they would have never gotten them approved. And a $200 billion enterprise would have collapsed. So big pharma, obviously, directly Pfizer, Moderna, all implicated in this, U.S. government implicated in it. Basically suppressing and censoring and ridiculing and effectively banning possibly effective medications against uh, COVID because they wanted to sell you their clot shots. Yep. Yeah. They wanted to make billions of dollars off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since this, um, not just that clip of him saying it, but I've seen it in other contexts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every now and then I've tried to, I, sw- I swore I could see them at the time, March 2020, 
there were reports that people were going into pharmacies and pulling out, physically removing the stocks of hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. And even as places like in remote Africa and stuff. Yeah. I, I haven't found them since, but I, I'm <clears> pretty sure, I do know for sure that by April, the French government ruled that hydroxychloroquine was not safe and to be taken. Yeah, except it's despite the fact it's been taken by a few billion people yeah. around the world until now. Um, whatever. They're just fucking nutbag. Sicko liars. Uh, last week we ended the show with uh, tornadoes from uh, Little Rock. No, was it Little Rock? Yeah, it was Little Rock, right? Didn't we? We ended it with a something, dr- drone. Some, fo- something fork. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Little Rock is... Um, Arkansas. Arkansas. That's the most recent one. So again, this week, like, and again, okay, maybe it's it's tornado season, but this is... Um, this There were tornadoes this a few days ago serious ones like five or like a bunch of them in Arkansas and in this is Wynn Arkansas and in uh, Illinois as well actually there were storms there is that a derail train car <laughs> yeah derail train yeah and the remains of a home on fire that's just one of them through Arkansas. It's crazy. There were two more train derailments last year, uh, last week in the US, yeah. both of which resulted in chemical spills. Right. One in Dakota, one in Weren't there barges, Minnesota. Barges as well. Barges uh, capsized in a river or something that had uh, some kind of chemical on them. It's weird. Very, very strange the way... I mean, people have been talking about American infrastructure collapsing, collapsing for for a long time. And I mean, whether it's helped along or not, I don't know. But again, most people are insulated against because America is such a big country, you know. But if it picks up pace, you know, when you reach a a point where a lot of stuff starts falling apart at the same time, you know. But then everything's falling apart one way or another. So, have you got anything else? Yeah, what's going to happen in France? When? Now, Tomorrow? Right the revolution. Now, today? Nah. Revolution, protests, strikes, whatever. Pensions. you got to push back against the government, you know, especially someone like Macron, who's going to rule like Jupiter, as he said, when he first got elected or selected. Do you think he'll fold and just say, okay? I don't think so, no. No. No, but again, I don't think it's a pension reform that people are protesting against, you know? Yeah. They've got the wind back in them, basically, after the whole, the, the, the doldrums of the COVID year, COVID years. And um, it's in this French, you know, genetics, basically, to uh, to get out there and protest and to just, you know, for whatever reason, the government doesn't have to do very much wrong, but you get out in the street. Like, we can't go to bed until we have a good protest and get a good beating by police, basically, you know what I mean? it's uh, That's the French mindset, you know? <clears throat> we can't go to sleep. Until we've had a good protest, so and it's ostensibly it's because they hate the state, but actually not to hate the state. They want the they whole. Don't they remind the state periodically that we don't trust you, we don't like you, and we know you're up to no good. We don't won't necessarily know exactly what it is that you're up to no good about, and we know there's loads of things, but we're going to pick one of them that has come to light, and we're going to protest about it okay. just to just to push back against you and keep you try to keep you constrained, you know. And we don't mind putting our bodies on the line. Uh, it's a bit of fun actually uh, to to do that, you know. And it's funny to see 
you know, Americans, when those protests were at their height over the past week or whatever, uh, Americans going, oh my God, look, the French are finally rising up. And I'm like, dude, where have you been? Like, I mean, okay, we live here, whatever, but this is par for the course. Like, this yeah. is just, like I said, those people needed to have a good night's sleep and they wouldn't be able to do it without having a good protest and getting some, getting uh, some tear gas in the eyes. Tear gas in the eyes. And then they can sleep properly. So um, it's a good thing in that sense. Because I think, I generally think that's the, that's the, subtly behind behind the overt reason why they're protesting the real motivation is yeah it's good to protest now again the government hasn't had a good protest we haven't complained you know bodily and physically against the government in three years in quite a long years. time and it's so it's past time we got to go out and do it you know just to remember that we're here and we don't trust you any of you it doesn't matter what stripe you come in we don't trust any of you and you better respect us and pay attention to us and not so it's more like disrespecting us. It's almost, almost, it's almost like the pension, raising the pension age by two years. It's just like, who do you think you are? I mean, it's, you know, technically maybe I don't mind working for another two years or, you know, um, but it's like you didn't consult me and you pushed it through. Yeah, by fear, that's just, by decree. That's, that's just off to me. So I'm going to protest about it. So it's not really the details. Right. It's about just your, your attitude. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> it's good. <clears throat> that makes sense. That's French. Very French. Yeah. Of course, if the leader Macron, being a Frenchman, the one that, <laughs> the way he counterreacts yeah. is to pick one of them out and go, "She insulted me." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got the I whole country insulted. in riots, dude. No, well, that's it. Arrest yeah. her. I don't like that. But that's an example. Like the French, I feel French, The French protesters are saying you insulted us, and Macron's like, "Yeah, no, so did you? You insulted me." So what's it going to be? Anyway, Scotland now is a Pakistani leader. Yeah, lovely. That means there's a Pakistani leader of Scotland, an Indian leader of England, and a half Indian leader of Ireland. Yeah, a half Indian gay leader of Ireland. That's, did you ever imagine, Joel? What happened to Celts? Was, where or, did Celts go? Yeah, yeah. What? Where, <laughs> it's just, it's just how, just how the dice rolls, right? You roll the dice and you get three sixes. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's nothing. There's no, there's no, no conspiracy behind it, Neil. It's all just happening. It's just happening naturally. Yeah, it's organic. There's no plan. No. Probably. There is and there isn't in a strange way. Uh, that's probably the answer. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Let's leave it there for this week. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's people, get, people are probably bored. People are bored. That's what waffling on, uh, bringing them up to date and all the nonsense going on in this world. I'm sure you've uh, been paying attention to the nonsense yourself and... Uh, concluded that it's nonsense um just like us but that that's our take on it for this week anyway so thanks for watching thanks for listening thanks for commenting or whatever the hell you're doing uh while you're watching this um hopefully you're paying attention we'll be back next week with another show so don't forget to smash all the buttons and uh, yeah have a good one till then see ya bye see ya next week bye everyone can't stop the signal now mm-hmm.